The Islanders scratch and claw and find a way to get a comeback win. We've got it all covered for you here as the Islanders beat the Penguins in overtime. And we have a full preview of Saturday's game against the Washington Capitals. All that and a lot more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sart tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Friday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We have got a lot to discuss on today's show about the Islanders' dramatic come-from-behind win over the Penguins. But first, if there's something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, feel free to send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name, And where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter, at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. So join me for some instant insight and analysis, and it's always great to talk a little Isles hockey with fellow Islander fans, game time, or anytime. You could reach out on Twitter, you could reach out on, uh, certainly by email, and you can make some comments on our YouTube page. So, the Islanders played bad hockey. I'm not going to mince words. They were bad for 40 minutes. But in the third period, they wake up five and a half minutes left in the game, down three to one, and they manage to find a way to to tie the game after pulling their goalie in the closing minutes of regulation and then earning the win in overtime. And I'll I'll tell you, you're not going to get away with this kind of play where you take two periods and you're thoroughly outplayed and then... You know, the other team, you you, you managed to find a way to come back. It isn't going to happen a lot, but boy, when it happens, it's dramatic. It matters. And this game in particular, going up against a Penguins team that you're battling for one of those two wildcard spots in the Eastern Conference, getting one point was big, but getting two was even bigger. We talked about this four-game stretch 
where the Islanders were playing teams that at least toward the beginning of the stretch were all in the battle for those wild card spots. You had Buffalo, you had Detroit, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and Washington. Now Washington has sort of fallen back a bit, but you're 3-0 and right now in those four games, and you've got a chance to, to really make a statement by winning the fourth and final game on Saturday. But I'll tell you, for 40 minutes, this Islander team just didn't look ready to play. And to say that it was frustrating would be an understatement. They were up one nothing early on a nice power play goal by Anders Lee. But after that, uh, the Islanders were not skating well. Their defensive coverage, which we've talked about having improved so much in the last, oh, half a dozen to ten games, all of a sudden it started to break down. They were giving up a lot of quality scoring chances. Uh, boy, Scott Mayfield took three minor penalties in this game. That was frustrating for sure, and, you know, the Islanders just couldn't generate offense, couldn't clear the puck out of their own zone, and, you know, it was almost like a time warp to mid-January, where, you know, this team just wasn't getting the job done, and then all of a sudden, the third period arrives, and the Islanders start to gel, and at first, you know, they were doing everything they could but they weren't generating enough quality scoring chances. And for the first 14 minutes of the third period, Tristan Jarry, the off-criticized Penguins goalie, looked really solid. And yet the Islanders finally managed to break through. Down 3-1. to one. Hudson Fashing. What more can you say about Fashing? First of all, Fashing and Sezikis have incredible chemistry right now. And Sezikis gets the primary assist on that goal. What happened? Fashing started the play, got the puck to Casey, and Zeke made a pass right to Fashing as he went for the net. He knew Fashing was going to go for the net, hit him in stride. Fashing pokes the puck in, and it's a one-goal game with 5.29 left in regulation. The Islanders, again, kept the puck in the zone pretty well. Finally pulled Ilya Sorokin for the sixth attacker and the captain, Anders Lee, with his second goal of the game. Ties it with a minute 15 left in regulation. And then in overtime, the winner by Brock Nelson on a breakaway. A breakaway! When was the last time the Islanders scored a goal, let alone a game-winning goal, on a breakaway? Because that is not the way this team typically scores goals. Guess what? It was a big emotional win, and this team really needed that jolt. They sweep the four-game season series from the Pittsburgh Penguins, and in the standings right now, the Islanders get two big points. And yes, Pittsburgh got one point.
But the Islanders, two points ahead of the Penguins. Pittsburgh still has those three games in hand. But if they lose this game in regulation, boy, it would have been trouble. And, you know, to win this game after being down and playing so poorly for 40 minutes, you have to admire the tenacity, the never-say-die attitude, the fact that this team found a way to come back and earn the two points. And yeah, there was some controversy in this game, especially one of the Penguin goals that looked like the puck may have uh, hit the the door to the Penguins bench, but it wasn't called. And, you know, the, the Islanders did not uh, object to it. It would have had to come from the war room in Toronto. No review. But the Islanders managed to battle back. And even though they were bad, I'm not going to mince words, they were bad for 40 minutes, they got the job done against an inconsistent Penguins team. And, you know, the good news is, uh, you know, unfortunately they're not going to play the Penguins again, at least in the regular season. But I think the Islanders are kind of inside the Penguins' heads right now. And that, my friends, is a good thing. We have got a lot more to get to. We'll talk about an Islanders player, another Islanders player, who returned to practice uh, in the morning skate this morning. We'll also have our unsung hero of the game and our go to the game. And we've got a big game coming up Saturday against the Washington Capitals. We'll preview that. All that and a lot more still to come on this episode of the Locked on Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drained. And yeah, check out the odds for Saturday's Islanders home game against the Capitals. You'll find all of that at FanDuel as well. And FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance for your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So, before we get to our unsung hero and our GOAT of the game, still no J.G. Pajot. He skated again with the team at the morning skate on Thursday, but did not end up suiting up for the Islanders against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And look, let's let's face it, we did feel it. Uh, Otto Koivula, who is still in the lineup as long as Pajot is not, only played three minutes and 46 seconds. Now he had, he took a penalty. He did manage a shot on goal, but three minutes and 46 seconds, I mean, you know, that's very precious little ice time. 
Uh, Pierre Engvall, by the way, only 8.23 of ice time. He was a minus one and had one hit in the game. But at the morning skate on Thursday before this game, who was out there skating a little bit with the team? Cal Clutterbuck. Clutter, who has been out of the lineup for six and a half plus weeks with an upper body injury. He was back and skating in practice, took line rushes. Uh, basically, it was Ross Johnston, J.G. Pajot, and Cal Clutterbuck sort of as an extra during line rushes. And both Pajot and Clutterbuck did do some work on penalty-killing drills. Lane Lambert only said they're getting close. It's a boost for sure. They're two very good players. Matt Barzal, by the way, still not practicing. Uh, hasn't been cleared to resume. No timetable yet for his return. But the good news is that you know, Cal Clutterbuck adds something to the locker room. I still want to see Hudson Fashing out there on the ice, even after Clutter, if and when Clutter is able to come back. Uh, but even just having him at practice, it helps keep the guys loose. He's a leader in the locker room. And I think that was at least a positive development for the New York Islanders to see Cal Clutterbuck back skating taking line rushes. No, he's not ready to play yet. And I think, you know, the official word is Pajot is closer. I think there's a chance we see Pajot on Saturday, but no guarantees. And we still don't know, you know, any timetable for Clutterbuck. But at least we're getting closer with these players. And it's just encouraging to see them come back and and be in practice and take strides toward returning to the lineup. All right, unsung hero and goat of the game. Let's start with the goat. Uh, I think it's an easy one. Scott Mayfield has to win it. Now, I like Mayfield, but six penalty minutes, a minus one. The only reason I almost didn't go with Mayfield, he did lead the team with seven hits. Matt Martin was close behind with five. But, you know, three minor penalties, some pretty bad defensive zone coverage. Overall, if there's a GOAT in this game, I'm going with Scott Mayfield. He wasn't alone, and it wasn't even just the defensemen. When I say bad defensive coverage, the forwards didn't back check, didn't pick up their guys either. So when the Islanders were down 3-1 to one and struggling uh, to get the puck out of their own zone, there were a lot of guys who really could be considered uh, potential goats of the game, but those three minor penalties and combined with the shaky play in his own zone, I have to go with Scott Mayfield. Look, the, the hero of the game, you could go Anders Lee, you could go Brock Nelson with the game-winning goal, but we're talking unsung hero. So generally, it's a player who, you know, isn't making headlines in this game. And I'm going to go with a guy in this particular instance who usually does make headlines and very often is one of the first or second stars in a game. Ilya Sorokin, to me, the unsung hero. 33 saves in 36 shots faced, including some pretty big saves early in the third period where the Islanders were already down 3-1. to one. 
They gave up a few quality scoring chances, uh, not just in the third period, but again, in overtime, there was some really fast back to, you know, end-to-end action going on. So to get, to make those saves and keep the team in it, and then uh, in overtime, Sorokin ends up poking the puck away from one of the Penguins players, passing it up to Brock Nelson, which set up Nelson for the breakaway that led to the game-winning goal. Sorokin gets the only assist on the game-winning goal, and by the way, it's his first assist of the year. When you add up the saves and you add up the strong uh, goaltending, I don't. I, I think you know certainly two of the three goals were not his fault at all. They were mostly deflections and players who were left unguarded in front. But to me, those big saves in key moments late in the game and in overtime, plus the assist and that smart poke check and then pass to set up the game-winning goal, to me, Ilya Sorokin deserves the unsung hero of the game. And I'm just happy with the way this team battled back. But I'll say this. You're not going to get away with that. If the Islanders are going to make the playoffs and do any damage in the playoffs, you're not going to get away with playing flat hockey for 40 minutes. So if I'm Lane Lambert heading into this game on Saturday, I am giving my team a little bit of a, of a, a chewing out before the game, you know, tomorrow in practice, I'm, I'm letting them know I wasn't happy with their effort for the first 40 minutes. And, you know, I was a little surprised. You know, we did a segment on uh, Thursday's show talking about how Lane Lambert has grown as a coach and he's shown more accountability. I was surprised that after taking three minor penalties and playing poorly in his own zone, the Islanders did not bench Scott Mayfield, not for the rest of the game, but sit him for the rest of, of, of the period, maybe. And just let him know, hey, you got to do better than that. Now, to his credit, Mayfield was better in the third. Uh, but, you know, we've seen a lot of players get benched for not playing well or not integrating themselves well into the system. Right now, when the Islanders, uh, you know, needed to make that statement in recent games, and yet we didn't see it with Mayfield, and that, I guess, was a little bit of a disappointment. As far as scoreboard watching is concerned, by the way, uh, the Capitals losing in a shootout. They got one point, and the Sabres crushed by the Dallas Stars 10-4, to so that certainly helps the New York Islanders, and uh, we'll keep an eye on the Ottawa-Seattle game. That's out in Seattle, so it's a late start. Rangers winning in a shootout, so they got two points. It's a still a long shot for the Islanders to catch the Rangers five points back. Rangers have a couple of games in hand, but uh, I'd love to see it if it could happen, and if the Islanders keep winning, anything is possible. 
We have got more to get to on today's show. We'll preview Saturday's home game against the Capitals. Plus, we'll have our Islanders birthday of the day, one of the more popular enforcers in Islanders history. All that and more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So Saturday, the Islanders taking on the Washington Capitals. It's a 7.30 Eastern time start at UBS Arena. And, uh, you know, right now, the Capitals kind of falling behind the Islanders. Capitals have 68 points, so they're eight points behind the Islanders, and the Islanders, uh, Capitals rather, have a couple of games in hand. So for the Islanders, uh, this is a chance to sort of bury the Capitals. And look, Washington traded away more players at the trade deadline. They didn't act like buyers. They're sort of retooling a little bit and hoping to regroup. And, you know, we'll see how that ends up playing out. So the Caps last game, they lose in a shootout to the New Jersey Devils. That happened on Thursday night. The goaltender uh, was Darcy Kemper. So we'll see whether they come back with Kemper again or go to back up Charlie Lindgren for this game. And look, there's a lot of familiar faces on this Capitals team. It's a division rivalry, as we all know. The biggest name, obviously, Alexander Ovechkin. 36 goals in 60 games, 61 points. Lethal on the power play. He likes to set up at the, at the top of the circle. 11 of his 36 goals and 20 of his 61 points on the power play. You've got other guys on the power play to look out for. TJ Oshie, eight power play goals. Evgeny Kuznetsov, 13 assists. Dylan Strom and Eric Gustafsson with 11 assists each. Capitals, kind of a middle-of-the-road team. 15th in the league in goals scored. 13th in goals against. Their power play dead in the middle at 16th. The penalty kill a little better at 8th. But the Islanders really need to be aware of some of the skilled players. And, you know, I'm going to put this out there. Tom Wilson always gets under the Islanders' skin. He is one of those guys who is a very effective pest. And whether we see Ross Johnston out there or whether the Islanders... Because, you know, the Caps have size and some physicality in addition to some of those skilled players. So we'll see how Lane Lambert tries to handle it, whether or not we see uh, Ross Johnston out there to try to address your Oshies and your Wilsons and, uh, you know, some of your bigger players who are effective at getting under the skin of the Islanders. The top line for the Caps, Evgeny Kuznetsov with Ovechkin to his left, Tom Wilson to his right, Nicholas Backstrom, the great passing veteran, is the second-line center with Anthony Mantha and Craig Smith on his wings. Dylan Strome is the third-line center. Long Island native Sonny Milano is his left wing. TJ Oshie to the right. And then the fourth line, Nick Dowd, Connor Sherry, and Nicholas Aubé-Kubel. On defense, Rasmus Sandin and Trevor Van Riemsdyk, the top pair. Alexander Alexiev and Vincent Iorio are the second pair. And Matt Irwin and Gabriel Carlson 
are the third pair on the power play. We know Ovechkin goes back to the point. He is a guy you always have to be aware of. A lot of guys on the IR right now. If you wondered why I didn't mention John Carlson, Connor Brown, or Carl Haglund, Nick Jensen in, listed his day today, as is Martin Farhavari. So we'll keep an eye on those players and see if they're able to come back for Saturday's game. But, you know, if you win right now, and the, the Capitals with 69 points, so they're actually seven points behind the Islanders after they lose in the shootout uh, with one game in hand. Uh, you you beat the Capitals in this game, quite honestly, at this point. They're not really all in to make the playoffs, but you beat them in this game, and you're more or less burying them as far as uh, their, not, not entirely, but making them a very big long shot to try to catch the Islanders and get back into the playoff hunt. So hopefully the Islanders can keep things going. As for our Islanders' birthday of the day, well, Saturday is the 57th birthday of former Islanders forward and enforcer Ken the Bomber Baumgartner, the Flin Flon Manitoba native drafted by the Sabres in the 12th round back in 1985, but made his NHL debut with the LA Kings in 87-88, Joined the Islanders in the 89-90 season, played 53 games. You know, he was with the Islanders for three or or two and a half seasons, really. Uh, And he had 194 penalty minutes in 53 games in 89-90. 78 games in 90-91, 282 penalty minutes. And then in 91-92, 44 games with the Isles before being traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he had, in 44 games, 202 penalty minutes. Also was uh, involved in that very big and controversial brawl in the playoffs in 1990 against the New York Rangers, and in four playoff games that year, he had 27 penalty minutes. So uh, you, you knew why the Bomber was out there on the ice, and in his three years with the Isles, he scored one goal, and had a total of 12 assists in all those games. After leaving the Isles, he went to the Maple Leafs, the Ducks, and the Bruins, played in 696 career NHL games, 13 goals, 54 points, and 2,242 penalty minutes. And he actually spent a year after he retired in 1999-2000 as an assistant coach with the Boston Bruins, and they were his last NHL team. As for one of his better games with the Islanders, well, we're going to say his better games offensively. We take you back to November 7th, 1990 at the old Brendan Byrne Arena in the Meadowlands. Islanders taking on the New Jersey Devils. And believe it or not, in this game, the bomber, Ken Baumgartner, had two assists and was a plus two and had two shots on goal. In this game, and he set up Pat LaFontaine for his first assist in this one, and Bill Berg for his second, so a guy who was always there for his teammates, not the biggest guy for an enforcer, 6'1", 205, you know, big, but not not huge, but nobody, uh, the bomber 
did not back down from anybody, and he was a, a, a very, very popular Islander during his time with the team. So want to thank everyone again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Game to Game NHL, every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every contest from across the National Hockey League with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We'll be back with another show on Monday, uh, and we'll have our key takeaways from Saturday's game, the latest injury updates, and a lot more. So make sure you join us for that. Until then, have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders.